Welcome back to this week's episode of Breaking Apostolic Taboo. This is the week where we do our Bible study. So we hope you enjoy this week's episode of A Kingdom of Misfits, written by Bailey Romans, which you can buy off of Amazon.com. Look up A Kingdom of Misfits, giving you every reason why God can and will use you by Bailey Romans, or click the link in our link tree below. Can't wait for this episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of Breaking Apostolic Taboo. We are on lesson two of A Kingdom of Misfits, the twin misfits, Jacob and Esau. Our next misfits have a story we can relate to. Jacob and Esau are the sons of Isaac and Rebekah and the grandsons of Abraham. Even though they are a part of this great family, they are not excluded from trouble. In Genesis 25, 25 through 26 it says and the first came out red all over like a hairy garment and they called his name Esau and after that he came his brother out and his hand took hold of Esau's heel and his name was called Jacob. Jacob was a fighter from birth. He came out of the womb grasping for what was not his and in the early half of his of Jacob's life we read he wanted what someone else had namely his twin brother Esau. It was a custom in Jacob's culture for the father of the family to bestow two gifts on the firstborn son before passing away. The birthright is the inheritance of the father's possessions. It is one of the gifts the child would receive from his father coupled with the blessing. Jacob so desperately desired his brother's inheritance that he agreed to a scheme thought up by his mother to swindle Esau out of what was rightfully his. And in Genesis 25, 29 through 32, it says, And Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, from, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? Esau gives up what was promised to him as the oldest son for something convenient. Esau was so hopelessly hungry that he traded his fortune for a bowl of soup. We tend to do this in our own lives. When we find ourselves in hopeless situations, we get desperate. The enemy uses these moments against us. He knows we will trade anything for a moment of satisfaction, a brief taste of something gratifying. If Esau would have evaluated the situation instead of acting impulsively or being distracted by what was in front of him, he would have never given up his God-given birthright for pottage. Esau was a drama king. He thought he was dying because he was so hungry. A professor in Bible college named me Drama Queen. Looking back, it was a very fitting and well-deserved name because I overreacted about everything, and I was also a chronic worrier. This caused me to struggle in college. I had a difficult time enjoying the college experience. I constantly worried about what others thought about me or how situations would turn out. How often do you tend to overreact in stressful situations? How quickly do you allow your mind to race over minor situations or allow yourself to be controlled by panic? The devil wants us to compromise our destiny by trading it for temporary comfort. We as blood-bought Christians cannot trade our salvation for things that will only satisfy for a moment. Rebecca and Isaac had favorite sons. 
Perhaps Jacob knew that this dad, that his dad loved Esau more than him, and it made him feel less than. Haven't we all felt like our Heavenly Father favors others more than us? We frequently compare our lives to those of other believers around us, especially those in ministry. We think evangelists live fun and exciting lives traveling around the world while we are stuck at home. I bet you can name a Sunday school teacher that can put together a great lesson and is a master at their craft. What about that person at work that got the promotion you know they didn't deserve? Comparing ourselves to others plants seeds of bitterness in our hearts. Can you remember a time when you compared yourself to someone else? How did that make you feel? Do you feel like it affected your relationship with God? God sees every one of us the same. It is the enemy that wants us to believe that he loves those people more than us. The illusion that they are more favored than us is just that, an illusion. All of us start from the same place in life, and life is different for each of us. God has a unique plan for your life. Your time is coming, and the Lord is going to use you as he has promised. And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son Esau or not. And Jacob went near unto Isaac his father, and he felt him, and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he discerned him not, because his hands were hairy, as his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him, Genesis 27, 20 through 23. As we read through the story of Jacob, we see he pretends to be Esau and takes the birthright. Esau grows furious after he discovers his brother's betrayal and swears to kill Jacob. This was overheard by their mother. Fearing what would happen to him, Jacob's mother tells him to leave home to escape Esau's wrath. Jacob runs for his life and settles in Haran, where he spends the next 20 years of his life. While in Haran, Jacob worked for his uncle, Laban. It is here where he learns just how betrayal feels. Laban tricks him into 20 years of labor in exchange for Rachel's hand in marriage. After the agreed years of service are over, Jacob desires to return home. However, he is still fearful of what Esau might do to him. Jacob musters the courage to make the journey home and face his brother. In an attempt to ease Esau's anger, Jacob sends droves of gifts before him. He is the last of his family, after his wives and sons, to enter Esau's camp. It is during this time when he was alone, Jacob had an encounter with an angel that would change his life. And Jacob was left alone, and there, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that, he prevailed not against him. He touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint. As he wrestled with him, and he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For the prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. Genesis 32, 24-28 After this intense moment with the angel, Jacob's life is changed. The fight leaves him with a permanent limp. A personal encounter with God will change your life on the outside. When you decide you want God, he will also change you on the inside. Jacob refused to let 
the angel go until he blessed him. He wanted his own blessing. Jacob decides to be himself and would no longer live in fear of who he was. When the angel asked what his name was, he replied, Jacob. He confessed who he was because he realized although he had Esau's blessing, he was never truly blessed. God could not bless who Jacob was pretending to be. The angel changes his name from Jacob to Israel. Israel means God wrestler, prince with God, triumph with God. Jacob went from being a heel grabber to a wrestler, from a scammer to being a prince. God wants the real you. Yes, the real you. You and all of your problems, anxieties, shame of your mistakes and your guilt. Our problems aren't a surprise to him and they don't discount us. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is what we hear most in the Bible. But his name is not Jacob anymore. It is Israel. This new name didn't have any hurt weaved in it. Israel made him a new man and represented his future instead of his failures. Yet the Bible frequently says the God of Jacob. Why? By using the name Jacob, he shows that it does not matter who we used to be. You can now say, I used to be Jacob but I have changed. The Lord wants us to remember he is still Jacob's God. He wants his people to know he is the God on our good days and our bad ones. He's the God of our past, present, and future. Jesus never looks at the old you with shame. He looks at our past with love and a vision for the future. Jacob struggled to find his identity, and Esau was short-sighted as well as self-centered. This never disqualified them from being used for the kingdom. Decide today that fear will no longer control your life. Anger will not get the best of you, and when your encounter with God comes, hold on to him until you are changed. So take time to either write this down or reflect. How do you relate with Jacob? How does Jacob's story help you realize that you can still be used? I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to purchase the book, it is on Amazon. Just type in the name and you'll find it or message us for the link or go to our link tree. I hope you'll have a blessed day. This is Bailey Romans and let's start talking.